This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. If you're looking for the voices of strong women with tender hearts who are engaging issues that impact us all, but especially young women, this new series is for you. When COVID started, I paused the podcast and started a monthly membership community for women raising tween and teen girls. Each month we entered into our own stories and our daughter's glory through a relevant topic teen space. I interviewed experts and released them in this private group, and now you get to hear them too. Stay tuned for a lineup of wise thought leaders. I can't wait. David Eaton, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Cannot wait to enter into this conversation because I know that it is just so relevant, such a felt need for, for parents and for kids. Um, and you're the expert, and your organization, Axis, that you co-founded and are president of, is such an important resource to parents of teenagers, and you have so many vital partnerships with youth organizations and youth groups around the country, so just cannot wait to amplify your voice um, here for us today. Let's start with just a little bit of you. You're in Colorado, husband and father to three, is that right? Yes. Tell us Shiloh about Abigail. She lost this tooth yesterday. So that was a big day. And she had picture day at school and she just got back from quarantine. At, uh, we had a two week quarantine because a teacher had COVID. And then, yeah, Zion Daniel is four, freshly four. And then Vail Calvary is two. And he is being pretty successful at going to the potty. Um, Congratulations. Right now. So we're, we're seeing a, a decrease in diapers by, you know, like 70% right now. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's a big day. And it's a big day for the budget too. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) I love their names and notice that you give the middle name as well. Do they go by, like, does, is it Vale, Vale Calgary? Is that what you said? Calvary. Calvary. So my grand, Calvary, like uh, the hill, hill that Jesus died on. Yeah. Yeah. it's also my grandparents' last name, and they had three daughters, one of which was my mom. So their name is not going on. Such a cool last name, such a cool, you know, meaningful name as Christians. And I'm just proud of their names. I, I think naming is important. And because uh, you want, you, you know, whenever you can set a positive vision for your kids and like reinforce their identity that's independent of their behavior and help them see you know, God's intentionality for them. And, you know, ultimately parents know their kids better than the kids and other kids. So, and for maybe, I don't, maybe most of their life, but at least for like the first 20, 25 years, you just, you know what your kid's made out of. And you start, even with my little one, like Vel is really into saying, I will. And then he goes and he does something. And like, none of our kids have said, I will. And I just love that. I will. I also say their middle names sometimes too, because people can get confused on their genders. Um, so such creative names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's sometimes you, there are every now and then you, a girl would be named Zion and, or something like that. And so 
but no little girls are named Zion Daniel. So that's the. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very creative. I love the names. Um, So, so David, let's, let's dive in. Um, Talking about smartphones, your, your book, smartphone sanity um, is so both practical and helpful theoretically. And I don't know about other moms listening to this, but I come to this conversation already with lots of emotions a sense of um, I've already messed up and, you know, what now? A sense of comparison with other parents and what they've done and what we do and how that feels and sits with me. Um, A sense of my own girls right now still in the home and, and what they're doing with their phones. Like I already have a ton of emotion coming into this conversation. And I know that's probably just true and ubiquitous of all parents. So can we start there? Like how, as an expert in this conversation, do you start with parents knowing that's the level of emotion we have? <laughs> yeah. Normally, normally that's the third question that gets asked is what do I do with fear? But I love that you started with it first because that shows how in tune you are with the core issue here. Hmm. And yeah, so whenever you have fear, uh, pretend it's a volleyball and you're holding the fear right here. (laughs) Maybe you can even externalize it a little bit and then you invite the Holy Spirit into it. Because when it comes to the phone, um, you're gonna be offered so many opportunities to just bail or overreact or as a mom said to us whenever she comes across something that causes fear in her heart with something her kid is doing she either feels the temptation to respond in silence or violence so flight or fight mm-hmm. you know I'll yell at my kid and and you know that could be if you find a jewel which is a vaping device in your kid's backpack and so you're like oh my goodness what is going on like how can you be doing this do you know and then you start going from like nicotine to marijuana to like kids are dying from this. I don't know how they're dying, but I know they're dying. And so like all those things just splash in the face. And so we say, man, hold on to that real quick. Just grab it, uh, pray about it, invite the Holy Spirit into it, talk to your spouse, call up a girlfriend, and then AXIS, A-X-I-S, we're here in your corner. We are your research assistant. You are the hero that your kid needs. Mm. We're not we're here to do the research for you on some of these topics so you can be equipped. So then, so then you grab, you know, one of our parent guides, let's say to vaping and you skim it for, you know, 11 minutes, or you listen to the audio version, which we're creating right now. And then all of a sudden you're able to talk about that from like an intellectual, thoughtful perspective. You realize that with, with vaping, you know, the chances of your kid dying are, are possible, but they would have to be vaping aftermarket marijuana. So with vitamin E acetate in it. So that, that's what would really cause them problems. Now I'm using like the jewel and vaping, but man, the smartphone is the number one adversary, the number one conversation, the number one fight that parents are facing with their kids. And so as a dad said to me, he's like, I spent $3,000 a year just to get a yelling match with my daughters every single week. Huh. Like that does not, the math doesn't really pan out on that. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I could just like, so I'll say that, I, I'll tell you, so this is this is the book, Smartphone Sanity. Um, this is my copy because I had people sign it that helped me <laughs> write it and gave great insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of insight, I mean, your husband's amazing. I'm pretty sure I've had him and Greg sign this thing uh, because what Axis is great at is talking about the what, 
but and i'm you didn't i mean you guys know that chris and greg are awesome if you know um beth and yeah they're great with the how and so we were pretty dependent on restoration project for helping us with the how mm -hmm. and a voice becoming of course to beth but the um this book is a passion project for me mm -hmm. so we just had another book that came out with a publisher and it has a chapter on smartphones, which is great. And it looks good. And it's, it's a great book. It's inspiring. It'll tell you that you, you know, like it'll encourage you in a world that discourages parents. This is a whole book. And I would even say, I can send you this afterwards. The number one thing that a parent that you should do with your kid is to create a family phone agreement. So, um, and I would spend this month, just talking about how to make a family phone agreement. And the first thing you need to know is it's not, it doesn't have to be bulletproof. It's a work in progress. It's not like a 0% or a hundred percent. It's just your family gathering around saying what's important to us. Let's put it in writing because what Gen Z assumes is not what your generation and our generation assumes. That's an entirely different world. And frankly, we need their input. As parents, we need them to say, dad, you're on the phone way too much. And you need to be saying, yeah, I am. Why am I on the phone so much? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I'm on the phone, like, what am I, uh, you know, what am I doing? Dad, I'm on email. Like email is my drug and it has me hooked because it's connected to my work and et cetera. But there's so many different layers to that. So I'd say make a family phone agreement mm -hmm. and just know that you're going to change it every couple months, but just having that common area. So instead of being adversaries as families, you know, between the, the phone being the adversary, you're a team on this together and you're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I love, I love that. And your, your agreement is so much more robust than I would have ever imagined <laughs> back when our oldest was getting his first phone, but the eight different yeah. domains to talk through, but it's even the most practical one of who's going to pay when this phone breaks i mean even just being able to name that from the get-go and um and i love that it's a it's a joint conversation not a contract that a parent hands to the kid and makes them sign but that you're coming to those things together i i love that for sure and you mentioned that, that was my main goal with the book was to just say if like what where do you start like and i think the one of the best ways to think about a phone is to think of it like a car it has that level of complexity and that level of damage that's possible, but also that level of awesomeness. Like my mom just called me, right? Um, and in the middle of this interview, so I said, pause, sorry, Brenda. <laughs> but just, it has that level of power. But then I started saying like, what are the, what are the conversations if it has that level of intensity around it? And half of them are non-technical and the other half of them are very technical. Mm -hmm. right. And so you have to bring that like philosophy and if you haven't watched it have you watched the social dilemma yet beth on Netflix? i'm trying to i want to watch it as a family and nobody's ever yeah. in this house at the same time right now <laughs> i know yes I well i i i think it's really wise of you to wait and to try to watch it together because that the nice thing is it's not a christian thing it's third party they're you know they're from the big tech companies but it will, it will, one of the biggest challenges that families face, and I mean, it's been told to me multiple times with tears streaming down people's cheeks, is that my daughter is addicted to her phone. My son is addicted. I, if I take it away, they literally have a psychotic break. 
they are losing their mind. I feel like I just pulled a bottle of Jack Daniels from an alcoholic. And this helps change the conversation hmm. about how dopamine works and how the mind and the body are connected and then how manipulation happens from free services from billion dollar companies. Wait, how is Instagram worth a billion dollars, billions of dollars? How is Facebook worth billions of dollars? How is TikTok worth billions? And yet it's a free service. It's, that doesn't, that's not how you make money is by offering free services unless there's something else behind the scenes. Right, right. Well, that's definitely going to be, yeah, that's on the list, moms, for all of us to watch that with our kids. Um, well, okay, so David, there's a lot of practicals in the book, and you talked about access is so good at the what, but you're also good at the how. You're, out, you're good at the why, and I want to talk about that here for a few minutes. And instead of focusing on all of the particulars of, of setting boundaries or making decisions about the actual smartphone usage, I want to just pull back a little and focus on really what we should be focused on. What should our posture be as we come to this conversation? What's really the goal here? Can we talk about that? Yeah, it's, I mean, I love to. Yeah, so you talk about the real path to this conversation is connection and trust. Um, it's not, we don't start with boundaries. Um, and you, you have a phrase that we're on a journey of trust with the destination of independence. And I, I love the illustration of, you know, playing, playing soccer on a, on a field near a cliff with no fences would be terrifying. And, but our goal is not to erect fences. Our goal is to help our kids build their own fences. And that right. is really getting at, for me, that gets at that element of trust and the end goal of independence, not us formulating all of these boundaries. So how do we do that? How do we even begin to develop that level of trust and connection between us and our kids? So the, the story of playing soccer on a cliff without a fence is all about joy because uh, sports are fun if they're done right. There's competition, there's energy, there's exhaustion there's a winner and a loser and challenging, you know, like there's a joy that's involved. And so if you don't have a fence and you're next to a cliff, you're going to be worried about losing your ball and also falling off the side of it. And so instead of being able to enjoy the game, you know, you're going to be thinking about, I don't want to die. Or, I don't want to lose this $30 soccer ball. Right. And that's the same thing with the phone is like, you don't want to be, you know, you want it to draw you in deeper into relationship, deeper into human connection, not turning you into like a phone zombie that gets, you know, tendonitis in your thumbs or has text neck in your neck. And so think about fences. Okay. Okay. Moms, as you're, as you're thinking about this, there's certain times where you can just draw a line and it's an invisible line and just say, Hey, don't cross that. Like don't go past the sidewalk because there's like cars in the street. Now, depending on what kind of how much you trust your kid. Like I don't trust my two-year-old, trust my eight-year-old sort of. Um, and our street's kind of slow. But if there's a highway right there, it'd be much more serious. So then you start thinking, well, when do I need like an actual chain link fence? Remember one time I just took a string and put it across the yard. I said, I don't want you going over here. And so they could totally tear the string down cross it. Anyone could, 
but just kind of laid that boundary out there. And there's other times when you need like a concrete retaining wall or a dam. And so I would say, especially, so a great analogy with the phone. Um, oh, so maybe your first, so I, when you get your kid a phone and you know, who knows what process you're already in and what you already think about this. But, and I want you to know that some of you might have younger daughters who don't have phones yet. And some of you might have older kids and you're like, they're 17. I gave them a phone like five years ago. What am I supposed to do? Um, the concrete retaining wall is the app store and internet. And I would say in regard to pornography. So you're going to want to come into this game pretty strong thinking about, and just because you have a girl does not mean that it's like, Oh, that's a boy's issue. No, it's not. It's like an everyone issue. And so you're going to want to think very, very clearly about that. Then when it comes to social media, you can say, well, I might need a chain link fence on this. Might not want to start off with this. There's rates of anxiety, mental health, uh, incredible comparison. You want to think about your daughters, but you know, the initial one is you might want to say, okay, we're going to start off with one social media at a time. And as one mom, Sarah, she's awesome. She's like, all right, my daughter's begging me for Instagram. Okay. We're going to have, we have Instagram. And then I just want to see what you're posting. Every time before you post something, I'm going to see it. Just the beginning, you know, chain link fence, right? Because, uh, and so there was this situation where her daughter went to a birthday party and, or had a birthday party and wanted to take a picture of all her friends at the birthday party. Harmless, awesome idea. Her mom said, hey, let's just take a picture of you and I, or let's take a picture of you and your cake, or let's take a picture of you and where we are, but not a picture of everyone who's in and everyone who's out. Not everyone who's at the party, everyone who's not at the party. Because we don't want your friends who couldn't come or we didn't invite because we had a limited budget to not be left out of this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, that's getting at the heart of the issue and saying, let's do that first, um, that, that first step there. So, and the idea is the journey of trust with the destination of independence is you never want your kid whispering under their breath, I can't wait till I leave home. Just wait, mom. Making me do all this stuff. Just wait. When I'm out of here, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Instead, you want to be like, no, like, look, I want you to become an adult, which means I want to see these things in you. One of those is responsibility. One is being under authority. Um, one is being in community. And so I don't, you know, like my goal is for you to have complete independence with your phone while you're still in this household. That's my goal. Now here, let's talk about how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that you say, Hey, like, I don't want to be in the driver's or the passenger seat of the car when you're driving for the rest of your life. Like you're going to drive on your own, but I also don't want you to drive off a cliff. So we're going to find a way, a pathway to get you to that point where I I trust you with this Mm -hmm. and not trust just because I like you, but trust because you understand what's at stake and you're starting to Mm self-regulate because that's one of the forms of being a human being, an adult is knowing how to self-regulate. Right. Yes. Well, and I think it's those honest, vulnerable conversations that, establish the connection where they're more likely perhaps hopefully to listen right where they're not seeing us as hypocrites they're we're being integral with our phone usage um, or and integrity can also look like confession like I, I know I'm on it too much and I'm trying you know I have goals for instance anyways I love how you talk about the more vulnerable and open and honest we are as well the more we establish a connection of trust, and so they're more likely to listen when we say, our heart for you is that 
you would be protected from these things. I remember when my girls were younger, 11, 12, I was deeply involved in human anti-human trafficking work. And so it was like all I talked about for kids. And I was super fearful, as you can imagine, and often talked about the dangers they needed to be on the lookout for and why we turn location services off on Snapchat and like all of those sorts of things. Lots of eye rolls, right? When they were 11 and 12. Um, but a little bit of a sense of, I trust you, mom, but it's, this is too much. So I'm, I'm still rolling my eyes, but we had enough of a connection and trust. They trusted me. But now just a couple years later, they will come and say, look at this sugar daddy solicitation I got on Instagram today. And they're, they're able now to immediately recognize and they're rolling their eyes at the predator and not me as mom. Like they, they now, they've been educated and they know how to immediately draw mm -hmm. their own safety parameters. And so it's just a journey is and that journey of, of trust to the destination of independence. I mean, I see it. I just see it working with my own kids. So. And, and yeah. if your kid says, let's say you say, no, you can't have a Snapchat account. Um, no, period. I know what's going on. Period. You can't have it. You want your kid in a, in a brilliant sense to be able to say, all right, what do I need to do to prove to you that, you know, what can we do together? Like what, what's at stake here? Because I think um, some, some parents are just like silent. They're just like, here's your phone. Good luck. I turned out. All right. You'll turn out. All right. You're a good kid, but you know, whatever the phrases are. Um, and there's other ones who are like violently opposed, like saying you're not getting a phone until you're 18. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not doing that kid any favors. Like, cause they're, yeah you want them to like be able to function in this world. You don't want them to go out on their 18th birthday, leave your house and buy a phone and then being like, Oh, you know, just susceptible to not having these awesome conversations because that's the thing a phone can provide for you is awesome conversations about what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. um, but I also just want to say, I lament the idea that even your daughters are being solicited by a predator like Beth, like, and that's normal. Like, you live in Fort Collins, like you guys live in, you know, I mean, it's like we live in a, one of the nicest countries in the world and a great state, but yet for some reason, it's just like, well, it's just a normal aspect of life is that our daughters have to understand what a predator is and what that's going to happen online. And uh, yeah, here we are. It's like, that just, oh, man, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that that's even possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even that that predator might even be like human, you know what I mean? Like it could be, it could be an algorithm or it could be like a, they're just blanketing like all of these 13 year old girls trying to find a susceptible one mm -hmm. um, who right. do doesn't have right. a mom who knows all this stuff, who's fighting for her heart and soul and has the tools for that. Mm -hmm. But the one who's kind of left at home with her smartphone just says, Oh, it's a, you know, it's a teenager pacifier here. Shut up kid. Like I'm had a long day at work. I hope you have fun yeah. on your phone. Yeah, I know. David, so here's a, this is the typical conversation I have with my youngest daughter, who's 14. Whenever we start to reevaluate the usage, um, and for her, being on these apps, having TikTok, for example, makes her feel like she's a normal 14-year-old makes her feel like she knows what everyone's referencing. She knows, she's just up with the times. And I want her to be culturally aware. I know what it was, I was a very prudish, 
Christian in high school, and I have a gap of my own generation and culture because of it. And I wasn't able to interact much with non-Christians. I just stayed in my bubble and I was, I sheltered myself. That wasn't even imposed by my parents. <laughs> I don't want that for her. I want her to be able to interact and communicate and feel like she's a part of things and also be a light and a witness in her community. So that, I think that's a common issue for Christian parents is that, that balance of then it gets into how much is too much or how do we help them navigate um, staying connected to their culture and their generation and not being inundated with the world. Right. right? Great question. Yeah. So I think the first thing to start off is try to remember what it felt like to be 15 and what it felt like to, to not be able to laugh at an inside joke, to not be a part of the in crowd at school, to not, um, just to not really know what's going on, uh, to be left out. I mean, that just feels terrible. Mm -hmm. And I hate that feeling. And it's not like we have to like keep, keep our kids in the inner circle all the time either. Like that's not the case, but it is good to remember. Like if you, if you don't get your phone, they're going to be left out of half the conversations. And, and that hurts. I mean, it hurts to be the, the one that has, but at the same time, our goal is not just to make our kids life feel super comfortable and be like all the cool kids all the time. So when you think about, but I was another thing to empathize with is you take your kid's phone away from them. That really is hard. And so I recommend that parents never take their kid's phone away if they don't also say what it takes for them to get their phone back. Hmm. So don't just say I'm taking it and don't ask me about it and I'll give it back when I feel like it. And they need to be saying, I'm taking it and this is why and this is what it takes for you to get it back. Like, I don't want you to have it back. That's what I want. So let's get you there. Um, this is what it takes to do that. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to, so that's the situation. Now, man, it is hard. Like you're, there are, there are Christians on TikTok who are trying to preach the gospel and doing it. So that is possible. And there are ways to redeem those platforms. But at the same time, the platform is designed for consumption, not create. And they have some creativity on there. But it's, it's really when you understand the intent of the app. Is this app have your best interest at heart? Like, what is the financial model behind this? And are you just playing into this game of dopamine cycles over and over again and where you're getting drawn into it? So I think that's when, that's why I like the social, you know, dilemma is, is a decent, you know, starting point as you're starting to uncover these things. And an argument of just like, I just want to know what's going on is okay, cool. Well, it, it really takes like 10 minutes to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't take three hours a day that's to know what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And so clearly that's not your only reason for wanting to be on there. You want to be on it because it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. You want to be on there because it's funny. You want to be on there because it's, it's, it's uh, not making you deal with your insignificance and compared to the rest of the world. And it's telling you that you're the most important person out there. And, but at the same time, it's hooking you and making you hate yourself because you're comparing your 
every square inch of your body to some other woman's square inch that's better than your square inch. Mm -hmm. And it's not their whole body. It's not their whole person, not their personality at all, hardly. It's their eyebrows. It's their arms. It's their hips. It's their boobs. It's their tummy. It's their mm -hmm. toenails. It's their uh, hair. It's their high. So there's just so many, there's so much more to the conversation. And so that's what I would say is, again, it's, you know, like, it's hard when it's super hard when you're in it. I want you to know it's super hard. That's why it's amazing that you're a part of this community of 35 other families that is walking through this together. You don't know how incredible that is. I mean, this is amazing and that you have such a, a great humble guide, Beth, you in this process, but yeah, this is the, and there's always going to be a new curveball. There's always gonna be something new. There's always gonna be someone new that's cooler or more interesting. But what, what I recommend for parents too is, is you need to download TikTok right now. It needs to be on your phone and you need to spend 20 minutes on TikTok and just look, just figure out what it's about. Try to be non-anxious, try to be non-judgmental about it. Ask your kid for a tour of it. But again, I would say, you know, you can spend 10 minutes a day and know what's going on. Right. Like yeah. that's, so it's more, it's more than that that's at stake. And then you start getting into the questions of like, all right, well, why am I here? And is this, it makes me think of like rock band back in the day. There was some video game and you could learn to play a fake instrument mm -hmm. and you could spend, you know, 300 hours playing a fake instrument mm -hmm. and you have nothing to show for it. Nothing. Right. <laughs> As opposed to like sitting down and learning a ukulele. You can spend 40 hours of ukulele and have a okay. lot of fun. Yeah. Or, or a real drum set. Mm -hmm. That's going to take a lot more effort. Yeah. Well, I remember David, I don't know, when did Harry Potter first come out, came out, but you remember the controversy in the Christian community around right. Harry Potter. And so I don't even think, I, I didn't even have a kid who was reading, but at that point, but decided I better read this book to see what all the, you know, matter okay. is about. It's the same thing and ended up loving it, right? And letting my kids read it. Um, it's the same thing. Like we need to be educated ourselves and and it, go but going back to how you first started was we come in it with fear but when we can spend even just 10 minutes and have more understanding and and intelligence around it we'll probably be a lot less fearful but we'll certainly be a lot more informed right and you guys have this amazing community like i'll say that you know i, I gave the the dilemma of silence or violence Axis's goal is to make you confident and to help you start having great conversations about this. Mm -hmm. And ideally someday we never want a parent to say that they feel alone. I'm raising my daughter alone. I'm raising my son alone. No one agrees with me. No one's here to work with me on that. And that's an element that Axis doesn't have. And that's what you all have is you have a community that can react. And maybe you read the culture translator by Axis every other week. Or you grab a parent guide, depending on what you're facing, because you do find a jewel in your kid's backpack, or you do hear your daughter talk about thinspiration or thinspo, and you're like, oh, man, that sounds like just like a, a downward spiral straight to an eating disorder. Like, I want to know what's going on in that space. Or you hear him talk about WAP, which is a song by Cardi B, which is... A, it's I, I can't even... You should... It has a quarter billion views in the last two months, but... It's hypersexualized, but that's a great conversation to have with your daughter is about WAP. And it's a hard one, but it is a conversation that's already happening. And you all have this community, which you can come and bounce the ideas off of. 
And that's incredible. Like, I want to say you're lucky. <laughs> you are lucky. And, and that's the, that's a really cool space to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the phone, but the phone is always going to bring something new, always going to bring something novel. And you have to say like, what's going to happen. I mean, so, and you know, there was a scare that TikTok was going to disappear uh, because of the president. And so now it's been purchased. And so now it's going to stay American, but there were multiple different copycat apps that were in the process of being brought forward. And then, then of course, like, Instagram and Snapchat had their own version that was very similar to it. Right. But yeah, those are the, you know, d- does your kid need to be conversant about Pornhub, you know, to be included in every conversation that 13 year old boys are having. So there's, there's, there are certain lines with that, but it's again, put in the context of the conversation and here, I'm going to come back to this idea of trust kind of two, two final stories. I mean, you can keep asking me questions, but I was at a young lady at my church's house her mom, I'm a part-time youth pastor, so her mom was fighting with her daughter, and they were like, hey, you know, you wrote a book about this, or actually, I hadn't written a book about this at the time, but I did this at Axis, so I come over, I try to help mediate, because I thought they're both rational human beings, this shouldn't be too crazy, and it was a huge, just explosion, World War III, and it ended up with this young lady getting two iPhones, one for her mom's house, one for her dad's house. Mm. So if you're a single parent or a remarried parent watching this, like your kids will triangulate you with the phone <laughs> and your ex, your ex will do it too. And so one of you is going to get tighter. One of you is going to get looser. And if you're not co-parenting on this, you are screwed. So, um, but as I was walking down the steps from her house, leaving as a total failure, she said, David, the stricter, the parent, the sneakier, the teenager. And I'll say that again slower, the stricter the parent, the sneakier the teenager. And I, and I said to myself, that is an amazing statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, what a parting shot to a failed, <laughs> to a failed uh, you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I just started turning that phrase in my head because it's so good. But I was like, that's a, that's a magic trick. There's a sleight of hand there. Mm-hmm. And the sleight of hand is that it assumes a lack of trust it assumes an adversarial relationship. Hmm. It assumes that when your parents are stricter, they're doing it because they don't love you and they have no idea what's going on. And so the only option you have left is you have to subvert their authority and sneak on them. So instead of saying, Hey, we're a team on this. And so I actually started asking, I use, I floated this question whenever I'd hang out with people. So what do you think about the stricter, the parent, the sneaky, the teenager? And one, they usually told a story that was vulnerable of them sneaking, which was kind of a fun conversation point, um, or the fights they had with the parents. But Grandpa Bob actually solved the riddle with another question. He said, okay, the stricter the parent, the sneakier the teenager. He said, David, ask yourself, are you raising a sin concealer or are you raising a sin confessor? Hmm. And uh, he's like, the only way you know is if you're modeling confession to your kid. And if your kid, if, you know, if you come across something in your kid's life and you just start breaking things and screaming at them, or just if you're always in a position of criticism or judgment, that's more, you know, more like me, um, instead of celebrating what's good about it, then they're just going to be like, yeah, you're not safe. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to hide this from you. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want you to take away privileges you don't know I have. Um, We're not on the same team. You're not here for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the that's the concealer. And then all of a sudden you're just going to get tighter as a parent and more fearful. But look, this kid is God's kid, not your kid. 
you get to steward this precious baby. You're going to guide them. You're raising adults, you're not raising kids. And the phone is going to cause a lot of hard and good conversations. And it's, 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 it's almost like a cigarette, you know, cigarettes are for the lungs, phone is to the brain. It's one of those things that just showed up tons of adoption, tons of pleasure that comes from it and interest. And then we're trying to say like, we haven't had family dinner in a long time. We have a hard time paying attention. We can't go to sleep without our phones. My kids are not getting very much sleep at night because they're checking their phone at 3 a.m. because their friend texts them something that's funny. Uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, so there's, it is one of those things that is incredibly powerful that's worth being celebrated, but also worth having like, yeah, we're going to talk about this a lot because yeah. it's a super important. Yeah. Oh, so good. David, thank you so much. Seriously. So many thoughts and we could go on and on. Um, and I'm going to reference, I'm so glad you mentioned again, the cultural translator and the parent guides and Axis has parent summits and this book, all the things I'll, I'll be sharing with the moms um, because you have so many resources. And like you said, a lot of them are free um, and the others are cheap. So <laughs> yeah, the other ones are nine bucks a month and I'll show you something we're working on right now. This is my, it's Vale and Lindsay making faces, but we have this app that's not quite out yet. Awesome. But it's the Axis app. And again, like I mentioned that Thinspiration, the only thing I, only reason I know about Thinspiration is we have this parent guide. I know it's hard to see, but it's on uh, eating disorders and you can read it or you can just listen to it in like 15 or 20 minutes while you're working out or going on a walk or driving somewhere yeah. or while you're in the carpool lane. So that when your daughter hops in the car, you can have a great conversation about something preemptively. And sound game. really cool because mom, how did you know about that? <laughs> that's, that's what I love. You said you access is our research assistant and that's absolutely the case because you've got this team of young, you know, 20 somethings, right. Who are just mining the, the culture and generation for staying on top of all the things our kids are already hearing about and then telling us what we need to know and the kind of conversation we ought to have. So I love that. They're mining it, but they also are it. And that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. It's not just me researching Gen Z as a millennial. Right. It's, it's them being yeah. a very young millennial or, you know, very new Z. into the Gen Z game. They're just like, yeah. this is normal, right? It's like, uh, no, it's normal for you. But let's, let's bring this, let's elevate this core primal relationship between a, a parent and their kid. Yeah. Like there is nothing more leveraged or influential. And as a young lady said to us, she says, I've only had one real conversation with my dad. And we're like, are you kidding me? How can you only have one real conversation with your dad? So much to be lost in translation. And her dad's on like on the access board. So it's that bad. <laughs> it's like, Oh no. Uh, nah, what, what happened here? But then his daughter smiled and she said, I've only had one real conversation with my dad and we've never stopped having that one conversation. So moms, you're going to have a 60 year conversation, continuous, unstoppable, not, it's not going to end. And you know what? They're going to be thinking about you. You're going to be there when they have their first baby. You're going to be there when their boyfriend breaks their heart for the 14th time. You're going to be there when they fail that college exam or they make the basketball team or whatever it is like, and that youth pastor might be there, but he's going to be gone two years later. That great teacher, that great coach is going to be gone. It's going to be you. You're going to be there for 60 years. You're unstoppable. You got this. Just hang in there. You don't have to win all the time. Right. And your grandparents, they're going to be there for 30 years, God willing. So yeah. 
Just don't stop having the conversation. Don't stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, David. Seriously, thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening today. If you're curious about something you heard, check the show notes for links to learn more. And perhaps you'd like to check out one of the Fierce and Lovely mini courses for a deep dive into a particular parenting topic. That link is in the notes too. Fierce and Lovely is a proud partner of the Restore Universe, where like-minded practitioners and programs are all infused with the Restory approach. Curious? Check us out at RestoryUniverse.com.